It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Oh yeah, we hit CJ, the painkiller. Kevin, Kevin Jackson. Jackson. So we need to start acting like a big boy football. It's time for the jet tax to die. You're listening to Weapons Hot on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Darnold fires one into the end zone. It is caught. That's a jet touchdown. And now here is your host, CJ, the painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place where you get your New York Jets fixed. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, as you can tell by the by the panel. We have got an all-star show lined up for you guys tonight. I cannot wait to get the show off the ground, but first, let me introduce you to my squadron. Ladies and gentlemen, kicking it off right here on the right side. Put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson. Jax, what's good? Yo, tonight's a good night, man. Another episode of Weapons Hot. I'm ready to go. Look, we've got a lot to discuss. Um, some trade, uh, trade discussions. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, th- I think it's probably gonna might, might mean a little bit more to what it is that we do than normal. Um, look. I'm, I'm gonna, we'll keep it short tonight because I love I love that we got guys tonight. Again, I say this again. We've got guys. Let's go. Weapons hot. All right. Now up. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, put your hands together for Jimmy, the Reaper, Jardine. Wait for the drop. Entertainment caught up in our own arrangement Tell us what to say and what to do Reaper, what's going on, brother? I am having a good night. I'm having a good night. A lot of cool information, a lot of big things happening today, boys. And I can't wait to speak to our guests about it. I'm really excited about this, guys. So let's go. All right. And now our rookie test pilot coming on in. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing, put your hands together for Harrison, the Fireball Glazer! Fireball, what's going on, brother man? I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Always a pleasure to be on the Weapons Hot Podcast. Like my boy Kevin guys said, we have two excellent guests with us tonight we are excited we got guys here we cannot wait to get into it i cannot wait to talk jets with you guys let's get going all right ladies and gentlemen as you can see we have two very special guests on the panel tonight without further ado let me introduce them first off from the live rounds podcast joining us please put your hands together for mr kevin rabbits well, thank you, CJ, and thank you for the panel for having us on. I figured I'd join Kevin Jackson so we could corner the market on handsome across the Jets podcast. Oh, yo, yo. 
We shake oh. him up. We shake him up. Look, look. I'm gonna appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tonight, look. But no, but sincerely, thank you guys, and look forward to a big day Amen. between the trades, but also with the pro days and everything going on. Some visions are definitely becoming more clear, and I look forward to talking about that today. Absolutely, and we're mm-hmm. gonna get right into that. But first. Making his weapons hot debut, ladies and gentlemen. Please put your hands together for Mr. Mark Lanzer. Yes, baby. What is up, guys? Uh, CJ, thank you for having me on. Um, It's a pleasure. And uh, listen, man, I I saw that Zach Wilson Pro Day today. I like what I see, and I can't wait to talk about it. Fire. Yep, we are actually going to talk about that as that's one of the subjects for this evening. Uh, one of the things that I did want to talk about, but really quick, Mark, if you can, considering this is your first time here on Weapons Hot, please and uh, briefly, can you tell the fans out there of Weapons Hot just a little bit about you? Uh, well, I'm a lifelong diehard New York Jet fan. Um, I'm a school custodian. I'm on my break right now, as a matter of fact. I uh, do my uh, Jets video blogs on my Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com slash LM0N3Y, as in L Money, because I'm L Money. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's up. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we talked a little bit about. Uh, we're having Mark introduce. I'm actually going to give him the microphone first, and then we're going to spin around. Uh, obviously, the Jets going in, signing a couple of more free agents this week. They're added added defensive end Vinnie Curry. They've also added Tevin Coleman for basically pennies on the dollar. I actually saw some sort of a tweet out there that some people seem to think that LaMichael Pirine is getting cut, and I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But I'm going to go on my rant about that a little bit later. So, But Mark... Really quick, I wanted to, um, if you could, please give us your thoughts about how the Jets have done so far in free agency and what is it that you see, what are your opinions, and then we're going to circle around the room. All right, well, to be honest with you, I think uh, Joe Douglas is really, um, he's done a fantastic job. We've really addressed a lot of needs. Um, I love the addition of Vinnie Curry. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys that we picked up that are really low risk, high reward. And that's something that um, going forward, like gives me reason to, you know, be optimistic. Like, um, and, and think about it. Like we're really not breaking the bank either. Like, you know, like what all of our running backs, it's like four point, whatever million. That's like a third of what we were, you know, paying levy on bell last year, man. Right. Is that the truth? Phenomenal player. So, all right, we'll kick it over to Mr. Robbins. Mr. Robbins, talk to me. What are your thoughts about Jets free agency so far? I I know that you probably have talked about this on your uh, on your show uh, live rounds. So, uh, if if you can, if you can uh, uh, do me a favor, just uh, kind of reiterate what you what you and the crew there were talking about. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things that I like a lot. Um, Joe Douglas, when you talk about Corey Davis, gets a two-dimensional player that impacts both the run game and receiving game. I call um, I was very excited about that. Um, and Jimmy can take credit for that free agent target, I guess. Um, I was a big Lawson fan um, going into free agency. That was one of the big ones I had circled. Um, age, speed off the ball, impact. Um, you know, you're not going to – he didn't have a lot of help in Cincinnati. I think Sam Hubbard was like the next – like highest sack total on Cincinnati with two after him. 
Um, and he had, he was outstanding. You put him on the right side of the line against the right tackle and just let him go. And a good compliment to Quinnen. The Vinnie Curry and Rankin signing, as well as Coleman, I think are very mature signings. Um, they help in the film room. Um, they help when they review game tape on the sideline, even in game, when you just have a very mature player talking to some of the other people adjusting to what they're seeing. So I was very excited in terms of what they bring to what's going to be a very young team. We're going to remain young. We got a lot of draft picks. We got a lot of young players. We're going to be added to the rosters. You need to have these type of mature players in the locker room, in the film sessions, in the classroom with these players. Fans often get kind of lost in what these guys are going to contribute on the field. And they're like, oh, he only got like three sacks last year. You got to think how they help other players perform in the locker room, in the film room, so that they can be better players on the field on Sundays. And that's what Rankins does when he can talk to Quinn and see something on tape and said, you should use this alternative move to get past them or use this footwork or use this handwork. Those are things that these guys have just been in the league and they know what they're supposed to be doing. Same thing for Coleman. You, you already mentioned P. Ryan when he should have stepped up and picked up the blitz or saw there was no blitz and slipped into the flat. Those are things Coleman knows yeah. directly impacting the system. So don't get lost in the stats. There's going to be young players that come in and contribute like Denzel Mims last year. There's going to be another young guy that you're going to be excited about who's going to be more mature and, and impact the game quicker because we made some of these second-tier signings that Jets fans should be just as excited about. Yeah, I like that. I like that mindset a lot. So, Jax, we're going to kick it over to you. Then we'll go to Fireball, and then we're going to finish it up with the Reaper. Look, I'm glad you came to me next because I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm sitting over here all antsy. Like, uh, I, I, I need to kind of get this off my chest. And I'm just going to say this because this is – if, if you follow the show, you know that I've been basically saying the same thing for the past couple of weeks. I love what Joe Douglas did. It wasn't the big, huge splash name, um, you know, kind of additions that that most of the, most of the folks were pissed off that we actually didn't pull off. Um, but what it is that he's done is he's added really solid foundational pieces to what it is that we're going to do. We've discussed how difficult it is our situation was looking when it comes to depth. We didn't have much of it. Now we can actually look at certain positions on this team and say, you know what, we might not have, you know, this, this, you know, this Pro Bowl caliber starter, but we've got pretty decent depth. And because of what it is that we're going to expect to see from Robert Sala and his coaching staff, um, just, just taking how much it is that they did last season with less going into this season, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to keep it real with you. I'm trying to be subdued about this just because I really think, you know, as a Jets fan, tempered expectations is kind of how we should proceed. Um, and expectations at all are really difficult uh, in this fan base. So, you know, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to relax. I'm going to watch it. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm keeping it 100, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat because the expectation for me, we can expect for this team to look like going into camp is still going to look much different than what it is that we're looking at right now. And what it is that we're looking at right now is honestly exponentially better than what we were looking at at the end of that two of 14, you know, uh, uh, crap fest that we had last season. So the coach who is not to be named, not to be discussed, not ever to be even, you know, thought of ever again, has now no impact on what it is that we're getting ready to do with these guys that we're bringing in. These guys who, you know, they have, they have pedigree. A lot of these guys, first round draft picks, a lot of these guys move to situations where they weren't necessarily put in spots to be as productive as I think that we'll be able to make them show here. Um, difficulty always is, and we talk about this all the time here, how situation is important. We brought Sam Donald in, who a lot of people think 
was is a great quarterback or or or, or, or could have become this you know this this developmental superstar but he came here situation means quite a bit and i think a lot of these guys they're either coming from situations where they weren't necessarily put in situations to be as good as they needed to be or wanted to be or maybe should have been and they're coming to a situation now where we're not exactly sure what it is that you know just as as fans we're not sure what it is that we're going to expect but what we do expect is for this coaching staff to put these guys in position to succeed so do i like it i think you can say so (laughs) Fireball, you're up. And I am 100% with Kevin. 100%. Because you guys remember last week when I was talking to you guys about free agency, I talked to you guys about Carl Lawson. I made you want to run through a brick wall when I was done talking about Carl Lawson with those QB hit numbers, with those top of the NFL and QB takedowns, showing that the production is high, the elite level of play is there. It just hasn't translated yet, but it's going to with his new team. We talked about LaMarcus Joyner, but since then, Douglas has made good moves, like Kevin has pointed out, and smart moves, not spending a crazy amount of money. We look at a guy like Sheldon Rankins. That was a first-round pick, a guy that was supposed to be a beast. He was supposed to be a dominant force. Now, he was great in 2018 when he had eight sacks, but Douglas gives him a cheap deal. Just like we saw with Gerard Davis, the linebacker, it's a prove-it deal, a deal that doesn't break the bank, doesn't cost a lot of money, and best-case scenario, I was talking about it you know, the other day on another show, Sheldon Rankins has the ability at his highest potential to be another Quinnen. We need to look at this as having the potential of having two Quinnen Williams eating on the interior of that D-line with Carl Lawson on one end and now Vinnie Curry on the other. Now, Vinnie Curry is 33 years old. He'll, sorry, he'll be 33 when the new season starts up, turns 33 in June. So you figure, oh, you know, he's getting up there, but he ain't slowing down. That dude ain't slowing down. In 2020, he had 10 QB hits. 10. That would have ranked fourth on the entire Jets offense. And he's older than some of those guys put together. So Curry is still producing at a high level. And but more than that, he brings an elite presence to that team. He brings leadership to that team. And hell, he might be the reason that Bryce Huff breaks out. He might be the reason that Carl Lawson steps it up and has that big year. That mentorship, love that. Now, we talked about Tevin Coleman before. You know, quick stat about Tevin Coleman. If you look at Tevin Coleman's career, you know, it wasn't insane, but it's because he's been underutilized. Here's the thing, though. In his whole career, every season except his last season, he averaged four yards a carry. Every season, averaged at least four yards a carry. And last season, he was hurt. Now, in our new offense, you need a pass-catching running back. Well, every season except his rookie year, he's averaged over eight and a half yards per reception. So this kid is an underappreciated signing. I loved him back a couple of years ago when he was a free agent. I wanted us to take a look at him. And again, cheap deal. Douglas is bringing in all these guys, not spending a lot of money, supplementing like he said he wouldn't free agency, and he's going to build through the draft. Right now, our biggest needs after everything he's done are interior offensive line and cornerback, and we're totally going to do that, light that up with the draft, as I told you guys about. But one thing I'm more excited about, one thing I can't wait to talk about, I am more convinced than anything after today, after what happened with the Niners and the Dolphins. I am more convinced than I've ever been before that Joe Douglas is taking a quarterback at number two. Man. You're kind of foreshadowing. I don't want to, I don't even want to jump on that yet. Hold on. Let me, let me back up. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, just to piggyback on a couple of those comments. Um, 
a lot of these are swapping out players. And, and when I say swapping out, like even the salaries, right? So the coal pickup, like the money that we were playing Perryman just nicely slides over like to coal. It's like an even swap from a salary cap purpose, but hopefully is more reliable. Same thing better for Jenkins, better better Jenkins and Davis. Same thing. Jenkins, we gave him a shot last year. Low money, low risk deal. Didn't work out. We take that low money, low risk deal. We just handed it over to Davis, who's a better scheme fit and a similar salary cap. Like, and same thing, Anderson, we cut Anderson completely off. And for half the money of Anderson, we gave it to Rankins, right? So this isn't even like big, like money we spent. And we're just kind of swapping out pieces that fit the new schemes better. So again, like put these pieces in the right mindset. The other thing that I think Kevin and Harrison both hit, both the players we added and the players we didn't add was easy to make us wide. We all wanted tons. Yeah. When you see how much he got and where he went, it was like, we want him, but yeah. that makes sense on why we didn't get him, right? A lot of those people on, we wanted Galladay. We didn't want that much money on Galladay. We're not giving up picks and signing Allen Robinson. So some of the players we got, it also made sense on why we didn't get them and Look, why we did get the ones we got. Kev, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir right now, and, and, and I love it. But, but, I mean, look, you see, you see what I'm talking about over here? That, that right there? Yeah. Right, knee-jerk synonymous. Yeah. So. Stop, stop with all knee-jerk. The, the, and, and the reason why I say all of this is because initially when I said, you know, we're, we're, we shouldn't expect to see those, those major, you know, kind of additions jump right off. That's not how Joe Douglas is going to operate in this case. Not to mention the fact that this is really kind of – this is this is more of a of a of a I don't want to I don't want to call it a patch job because I don't really see it as being a patch job. But what it is that he's doing, he's really putting, you know, kind of foundational pieces in spots. Now, mind you, there are so many holes that need to be filled right now that you do have to be smart about how it is that you do it. We've seen him be intelligent about how it is that he handled the contract situation. We talked about this last season when he gave five million to Brian Poole, when he gave the five million to Jenkins, all of those those one year deals because we weren't sure how it was going to shake out. We weren't sure how they were going to produce. We weren't sure what the salary cap, none of those things. What it is that he did was he was really intelligent with how he structured them and what it did, it allowed us so much flexibility that we're able to now use that money on players that we expect to actually be upgrades over what it is that we had to Kevin's point, right? About the same money. Right. And, and, and that again is going to leave us with a little bit of flexibility going into the next season. Um, I would imagine that the draft in particular is going to give us some more insight into how it is that we're going to use some of that capital. But as of right now, if you're not happy with this, I don't even really know what to tell you. I mean, we're probably not going to be able to have a conversation, right? We're, we're not going to be able to talk about this because you and I are not going to see. It's not going to be a no agree to disagree. I'm just going to look at you like you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. We're in good shape right now. I'm see, I, All right, wait see, a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Before we start we're chiming in, I want Reaper to get his thoughts in because uh, we're starting yeah. to come up against the clock over here. All right, Jim. So Re- I, I, I don't see how people – like, cause obviously the first few days we keep seeing all these Facebook posts and I, and I'm going to do a video on these guys, man, because I swear to God, the thing Let me know. Jets fans say <laughs> is like one of my hottest I'm videos coming. series on I'm Facebook. Coming. I'm coming. But here's the thing. How can you not be happy with what's happened? The New York Jets, ESPN reported that the New York Jets are the third most improved roster in this offseason. How can you not be excited about that? Tevin Coleman that contract that Harrison was pointing out, you know how much is guaranteed for Tevin Coleman in 2021? 400K. 400K. Oh, wow. 400K. There's nothing. 
Right. And well, basically, if they think that if it, if if he's not gonna if he's not gonna work out or whatever, they can they can cut him and it's like yeah, no hit I mean, whatsoever. He adds experience to the backfield. We all know that that the Lafleur Shanahan system requires a lot of rotational pieces, just like Sala's defense requires a lot of rotational pieces. So he signed front seven depth all over the place, where we were really light on the D line and in the linebacking core. So. I think he's done. I, I give Joe Douglas's free agency an A, where I could probably say his previous free agency was a D. So I, he, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He's going to be more aggressive. He recognized mistakes from last year, and he said he was going to be more aggressive when opportunity meets value this year, and he, he's done it. I absolutely love it. My favorite signing, obviously, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep saying it, guys. I, I, I called Corey Davis February 28th. Just look at the video. The timestamp is one hour, 16 seconds. And when I said that, yeah, <laughs> that was, was a good show for us, actually. My, <laughs> yeah, it was, my favorite signing is Justin Hardy. Justin Hardy got a three-year, $6.75 million deal, but only $1 million of that is guaranteed. Undrafted free agent, special teams ace, plus defensive backfield. That kid, he said it in his press conference. I got heart. That's what makes me good, man. That kid is going to eat, and he's going to be a baller. And I can't wait for I can't wait to see that. So I, I'm interested to hear what CJ has to say. Culture change moves on this. Culture Absolutely. change. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. If I may, just quick, that was the biggest thing for me, just that interview, which is that made me realize these are the kind of guys Joe's bringing in. He's bringing in a guy like Hardy that you remember in that interview. He's like, I play each snap every down. Like I have to feed my son. I play because I yeah. promised my mama in heaven right. that I'm going to play my hardest. Right. When I heard that, man, I wanted to run up and go, let's go. Like right he's bringing in the guys that want to eat. They're hungry. He's building a team that wants to compete and play and be great. And I love it. All right, I know we're getting up on the time, Mark. Like, can we give you a minute, and then CJ, you ready to ready to round it out? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right, well, Mark, fire off. You know what, guys? Here's the thing. Um, Joe Douglas, the way that I see it is he isn't shopping at Neiman and Marcus. He isn't even really shopping at Dollar Tree. He's making smart moves with the cap, like you guys have all mentioned. And I really think that speaks volumes. And the fact that, like, guys want to run through a brick wall for Robert Sala – Dude, that's just awesome. Like, I haven't had that, like, like we haven't, we never saw that with Adam Gase as the head coach. We uh, never saw that. You said and, the name. And, and, and no, it's all right. Don't, don't worry. Mark, keep going. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> you know, the fact of the matter is he's, he, he's playing it smart. And I, I just feel like eventually, like, some of these guys that he brought in pre-agency – like, he, he, we do have a lot of holes that we have to fill. And I feel like we've filled a lot of them very appropriately in free agency. Now, in the draft, like I said, we're probably going to need to focus more on the offensive line, uh, you know, especially the interior. And we definitely need to figure something out at cornerback. Because, you know, when we heard the rumors, oh, yeah, Richard Sherman might be coming here. Richard Sherman's a dinosaur now, dude. Um you know, he hasn't been he hasn't been like that like I'm the best corner in the game guy in years now. And I, I said right from the start, no, 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 I don't want him. So yeah, expect uh, Joe Douglas to definitely be looking uh, at the corner position in the draft. Yeah. Joe, Joe Joe Douglas shopping at Filene's <laughs> <laughs> basement, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, guys. 
We are coming up against it here. So when we come back here on Weapons Hot, Mr. Kevin Jackson will take us into the White Hot Spotlight. Very curious to find out who he's got in that spotlight this week. Plus, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of trades that happened. As again, we're going to continue talking a little bit about more more the um, uh, the NFL free agency, what the Jets have done, what the Jets still need to do. Plus, read your comments on the air. You're watching Weapons Hot on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome back to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. CJ the Painkiller D. Simone here. You guys there. Kevin Jackson on the other side of the glass, along with Jimmy the Reaper, Jardine, and Harrison Fireball Glazer. Our special guests tonight, Mr. Kevin Robbins from the Live Round Podcast, and Mr. Mark Lanzer. Mark, I know your time with us is limited, and I know you got to take off as you got to get back to work. First off, I want to say thank you so much for giving us uh, your time tonight to come in on the Weapons Hot Podcast. Please reach out to us again. We would love to have you on and talk a little bit more with you when you have more time. Uh, first things first, before you go, please give out all your social media information so fans of Weapons Hot can look you up, follow you, interact with you, etc. All right. Uh, yeah. So um, you can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash LM0N3Y, as in L money. Um, you can also, like, I'm planning on starting a YouTube channel very soon with more content. Um, Please do. Yes, yes, yes. Because, uh, you know, content, content, content. 100%. It's not the media's message anymore. So. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, giving you guys uh, my video updates during the off season. Uh, during the regular season, I usually do uh, like a live post-game reaction, which is just uh, raw, unfiltered Mark. So, and I have a lot of fun doing that. I've been doing that for, uh, this will be, uh, I think, my seventh season coming up. So, yeah. Awesome, Mark, man. Listen, really, it was a, it was a pleasure to have you. We really appreciate you coming through, dropping some fire for us. Um, obviously, the, the, you have an open door policy here. Whenever you're ready, you can hop back on, give us a call, let us know what it is that you want to do, and we'll talk about yeah. it, man. But th- thank you so very much for coming in tonight. We definitely appreciate you. Anytime, guys. And uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, hopefully I'll be uh, back on sooner than you guys all think. Hey, that'll be a good thing. Please do. All righty. Thanks, Thanks again, Mark. You, we appreciate you. Good evening, guys. Peace out. All righty. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mark Lancer joining us tonight. Uh, please go and give him a like and a follow on social media. Try to try to look him up. Uh, it's please. always good when we get fellow Jet fans over here uh, giving their uh, their opinions here on Weapons Hot, which is great. This is this is a fan based broadcast. This is what we're all about. You know, we we don't have any media driven agendas. There, there's there's no you know there's no like uh, media bias or anything like that or network bias or, or or any of that other garbage. We give you our opinion as fans, plain and simple, and that's what we, we have- do. We really do a phenomenal job of having some of the best uh, content creators um, in our sphere, you know, on the show, as evidenced by look by, by what Jimmy does um, in his spare time, what, what Harrison does in his time. And, and, and real talk, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Robbins right now, whose, whose feed has me like salivating like most nights, you know what I'm saying? I just I, I got I to keep it real, man. You guys are doing your thing over there. So, yep. Look, I, I really appreciate the, having you guys on. So um, look. Uh, another, another, another big shout out. Another uh, thanks to CJ for making sure that we have fire guys uh, on on the line with us. Um, what's next? What, what are we doing? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 
It is time, as always, for the Emmy Award-nominated segment of the show, hosted by Mr. Kevin Jackson himself, as he takes us into the depths and the bowels of the gangrene nation to tell us who is in the spotlight. In the spotlight with Kevin Jackson. Kevin Jackson. Jax, who do we have in the spotlight for this evening? Uh, in, in the White House spotlight tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Spotty Blackman likes to bring you something pretty simple, pretty easy. I'm just be honest with you. I really am more interested in what the guys think about this. And and, and this is kind of a, a really simple thing for me, knowing that what it is that we all saw today at Zach Wilson's Pro Day is probably going to dominate the, the, the entire media sphere over the course of the next couple of days. Who's in the spotlight tonight? Zach Wilson. Really simply, um, and and I'm, I I think this is going to segue into really what it is that we want to talk about for the remainder of the show. The kid looked phenomenal. The kid, I mean, he he showed so many things, so many traits, so many so many physical attributes. And yeah, I know it was in shorts, and I know you know it didn't actually have a real pass rush. And you know, there's questions about the the, the level of talent that he faced, and he's only two hundred some odd pounds, even you know he's six two, whatever. You know, all all of that. You know, all of those things can be hashed out. They can all they can all have, you know, their places in, in the in the course of the discord. But the fact of the matter is the kid looked good today. The kid looked good today. And this is this is this is harkening me back to when I, I saw a, uh, a a a a baseball capped Sam Darnold throwing in the rain back a few years ago. And the kid looked he looked he looked like the next, you know, the next second coming of, of, of a superstar. Um, and, you know, we've kind of seen him, you know, not necessarily. <laughs> that right now and while i don't want to have sam darnold in the in the spotlight tonight i do want to just say that zach wilson for all intent and purposes he looks the part okay we're going to discuss the measurables we're going to discuss the the, the differences in the turnover percentages at sam darnold 45 touchdown 39 interceptions and, and zach wilson who's what like almost 80 percent uh you know completion percentage and things of that nature i'm not going to get into the numbers right now i just really want to shine the light on what possibilities it is that we have not to mention the fact, and I'll just throw this out there, just to kind of wrap up my section. Um, as I'm watching the pro day today, I'm seeing Joe Douglas stand next to the GM of the San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Lentz, just as they're getting ready to announce that trade. Mm-hmm. You think the conversations that they're having are kind of leading anybody to believe that Lynch is making decisions based on what it is that he's hearing? about what is going on with this kid and his possibility of being drafted here by us. I don't know, man. I don't want to, I don't want to feed into conspiracy theories, but this is a conspiracy theory. I want to discuss, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm with you brother. Look, in the spotlight tonight, Zach Wilson. Guys, we got a lot of folks on. I just want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to discuss this because there's a lot to discuss, and I don't want to lead it. I just kind of want to throw it out there, and whatever it is what we pick up, we pick up. Um, In the spotlight, Zach Wilson, guys, I know there's a lot. What do you guys think? All right, I'm going to kick it off with with Kevin Robbins. We're going to circle around the Reaper. Fireball, you're going to take us in. You're going to finish it off. And then I want to get some of these comments on the air because a lot of people are chiming in. A lot, a lot of thoughts about the um, uh, the Zach Wilson, uh, at the Zach Wilson's pro se, pro day, and also um, some other things that people are talking about here. So I want to make sure we get these comments on the air. So Kevin, you're on the clock, my friend. Go for it. I mean, I agree with what you said on the shorts and those components. I mean, Wilson, he didn't just have a great pro day. I mean, there's things that he does with his footwork, with the ball, 
that it's like watching somebody do trick shots in basketball, right? Like if you go to a basketball court and there's this guy who makes every hook shot, right? Every over the backboard shot. He's just great at trick shots. And there's just things that people can't, can't do where you've seen, you know, maybe Brett Favre does it on some ad lib plays. You know, you see Mahomes do some ad lib things. There's things that like Chris Sims pointed out on Twitter. Like he did things that Trevor Lawrence didn't even try like to do at his pro day, right? Trevor Lawrence came out, he had a great pro day, everything all, you know, everyone was like, he looked the part, but he didn't do the things that Wilson did just because he knows he's like got a different arm. He's got a stronger arm and that he can make throws from angles and doing things that normal people can't do. The things you see Mahomes do, Brett Favre do, that's what you saw him do. Um, so, but, uh, and I'll put a big but on this because everybody is going to talk about it. It's only a pro day. What it's really going to come down to, and this is where you got to put the small school stuff to bed, okay? And I know Jimmy will tackle this topic. It's really going to come down to what's between the ears, all right? Okay. And you got to put coaches, they got to put them in a position of what he does well. I don't care if he went to a big school or a small school. Every quarterback has warts. Mahomes didn't go number one. Deshaun Watson did not go number one. Aaron Rodgers did not go number one. They didn't go number one because they had warts on their college tape and things they did in college they couldn't do in the pros. So somebody had to coach them and ask them to do what they were ready to do well at that time in their career. So this whole thing about them making some sexy throws just like Sam Darnold did is nice, right? They should be able to make the throws. You're about to be in a league where there's 32 starting quarterbacks. There's 32 men that can do what you do and a few behind you, less than 100 on the planet. The point of the story is you got to mentally process information and have somebody set you up for success. It's easy to argue Sam Darnold wasn't set up for success, and I would agree, but I would also ask those people, what does he do well? And there'll be a lot of crickets because we haven't seen anything consistent. And in three years, what do you consistently do well? And I don't see anything. This same thing has to happen with Wilson, except he needs to be set up for success. And not using the word that Kevin doesn't want to hear, um, there's things that, you know, he wasn't set up for success. No one's going to say that he had the yellow brick road put in front of him. He didn't. He just had a brick road and then was bumped his head off every single one of those bricks along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, you got damaged goods and you got to reset a rookie contract. And there's no way a rookie GM doesn't want a rookie contract and four years to build on it, hopefully five. Kevin, can I just add something to your point really quick? Um, You you just brought up a a tremendous point. And and the thing is, is that the argument surrounding Sam Donald between the people who want to keep Sam Donald and the people who feel that Sam Donald just is not going to work here. Okay. One of the biggest things is, is that regardless of the coaching situation and regardless of the weapons that are around you, your individual play is what defines you. If you're going to go out there and you're going to continue to make rookie mistakes that it's going to be very, very hard for people to defend you when it comes to saying, well, you, well you, you're not surrounded by talent or anything like that. You know, so he, he, here's the thing. Sam had a, a, just a completely piss poor third year, okay? His, his second season was okay, but it was a marginal improvement to his rookie, to, to his rookie season. So I, I can see the angle where you're coming from in, in regards to that statement. The only thing I would add, because I know we got time restraints, um, is that the other thing I hear fans sometimes say is, well, we could turn Sam into a Ryan Tannehill or a Kirk Cousins or whatever. I don't want Ryan Tannehill. 
Why do you want Ryan Tannehill? Do you not watch the Titans? And if you take Derrick Henry away, they lose. That tells me what Ryan Tannehill is. So yes, could you turn him into a quarterback that might be able to get you in the playoffs? Like, yes, he could be a Kirk Cousins type. He could be a Ryan Tannehill type. I've seen enough to know he's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's somewhere in the middle and that's fine. And Sam might be fine. He might be that in the middle quarterback. Why do you want an in the middle quarterback? We need to find our guy. And Wilson did enough today that if the coaches say, I want him, and LaFleur says, I want him, and I can set him up for success, he checked enough boxes, so I'm okay with it. Basically. This is another unfortunate side effect of hunger. I know you guys kind of get sick of hearing me say it, but the fact of the matter is, is that we've been starved for production. We've been starved for winning. We've been starved for anything beyond mediocre football. And because we've been starved so long, it's like, just like the commercial, we're out of sorts. You know, we're, we're, we're Steve Buscemi right now when we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to be the, you know, the, 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 the strong hulking guy, you know what I'm saying? That's not who it is that we are. Until we eat, unfortunately, I think this is going to be the mindset. Great points, Kev. All right, Reaper, you're up. So Kevin pointed out something that that I absolutely loved is we are such an abused fan base that we we are just not willing to take those risks. We're not willing to step out of a comfort zone. Rather have the evil we know than than a potential evil we don't know. I'd rather have that middle tier quarterback than a potential elite that may bust. Forget about all of it, man. And I've seen too many things today after the after the Zach Wilson Pro Day of people that are still just not. They don't get it. They don't get it. I have stood beside Coach Chris Peterson when he was coaching the Boise State Broncos. And Coach Chris Peterson developed Kellen Moore. Now, Kellen Moore may not have done a whole lot in the NFL, but Kellen Moore is the number one quarterback win percentage QBR in the in, in NCAA history. And I've stood beside this man and I have spoken with people and listened to him talk about what quarterbacks, what you look at, at quarter in quarterbacks. And I'll tell you that you look for progression. You look for adversity faced and overcome. You look for rebound ability. You look for that bad throw and how he responds you don't look for trevor lawrence winning 45 games in his college career at at clemson with a stacked roster you don't look at an undefeated quarterback you know like i i I point you guys back to early 2000s miami you know what i mean like the jeremy shockey era where you know those guys never even lost a college game people don't understand that zach wilson had a rough not even really rough, just a very low production 2019. And then in 2020, leaps and bounds. He made a quantum leap in his game and he progressed. He listened to his coaches. He changed some things that he was supposed to, that he was doing wrong and he improved. That's what you look for. You look for his mechanics. Sam Darnold steps in a bucket to throw 85% of the time he throws, whether he's got a clean pocket or not. Zach Wilson doesn't do that. Zach Wilson showed today in his pro day that he can throw off balance and still hit a deep ball, that he's not going to underthrow that deep ball. And he's not going to any th- prove that he can throw off balance and still be 100% accurate on a mid-tier throw, on an intermediate throw. 
Sam Darnold sells those passes. We've seen it over and over. People are talking about his injury. And I don't know where this this thing with Zach Wilson's injury history is coming from, but no, Sam, or Zach Wilson did not miss a full season because of a thumb injury. No, Zach Wilson does not have two torn labrum shoulder surgeries. He had one in 2018, and he's been perfectly fine since. They have been working with him on his release. He has he has fixed the release. He was very unorthodox thrower. He has a lot of three-quarter and sidearm types of throws that he was doing too much, which caused a lot of the strain on the shoulder. He's fixed that. That's the point, is he's moved past all of those issues. He's met that adversity. He's overcome it. He And the Coastal Carolina game, let me just get into that real quick, because Coastal Carolina, they were <coughs> half a yard away from winning that game. That was a big comeback game. So I don't want to hear anything about Coastal Carolina. Zach Wilson's not in that game. They lose by 20-plus points. So, I mean, that's it right there. But I, I ask you a let's, question? Let's, let's, not, let's not sleep on Coastal Carolina like they're a scrub team, though. No, I, I, for real. Didn't they go undefeated? Right? Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, Coastal but, Carolina was not a bad team. They were ranked like 12th or something. Like, But, Jimmy, quick question for you. Did you watch Trevor Lawrence's Pro Day? I, I watched highlights. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. So, the serious question. I believe that everything that Trevor Lawrence can do, scrambling and throwing, Wilson can do. But Wilson can do things that Trevor Lawrence can't do. Right. I agree. I've been saying that. I and now both of them have to be coached to be successful because we've For seen sure. lots of talented quarterbacks that just have arms that blew us away. We've all seen them. Situation some work, some don't. But Wilson has a skill set, a secret weapon in his superhero belt mm-hmm. that Lawrence doesn't have. Mm-hmm. He can just do things that he can't do. Can it be harnessed is the question. We don't know the answer. That's Her- not a, Yeah, that's not a question that we can answer. But what I can say is – Okay, yeah, they're in shorts and t-shirts and they're just playing catch out there for their pro day. But but let me ask, let me point, let me put this kind of a rhetorical question out for the panel here. What I saw from the highlights of Zach, of Trevor Lawrence's pro day is he did the things that he knows he can do throughout his pro day. Zach Wilson let it air out. He's like, "Watch this. Watch what I can do." So I say that Trevor Lawrence really played it safe on his pro day. Zach Wilson let it fly, and it was a success. I actually think uh, Zach Wilson did kind of play it safe because he did things that he knows he's comfortable doing. But it, but even those things are are like more. I Zach Wilson one hundred percent close. If the, if there that was you still that was the say point. That Trevor Lawrence is number yeah. one. Zach Wilson number two. Zach Wilson absolutely closed that gap to a one A one B quarterback. <clears throat> Harrison, Harrison, what do you got, bro? I can't wait, man. And you guys know, you guys know for a long time, I have been all in on Zach Wilson. I love this kid. Going back months now, I've been saying that he was the second best quarterback by far in this draft, that he blew me away with certain translatable traits. And that's what bothers me. Like, I did a whole thing and I could talk about Zach Wilson for like an hour. You guys want to check it out. I talked about it on my podcast. I do on Mondays. There's so much that people look at when they look at QBs and it's not the right thing to look at. People watch the guy throw a deep ball down the field, which pretty much everybody could do. The receiver makes a great catch. And it's like, Oh, I love it. 800 likes on Twitter. 
I don't care about that. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at why he chose that guy, the read progressions he went through, his pocket awareness. And out of all those things, Zach Wilson, the first day I saw him, he just blew my mind. He checks every box that I look for when it comes to NFL translatable traits, not just the throw, and when it comes to cerebral traits. Now, there's so many things I could talk about with Zach Wilson, but the biggest thing, the biggest thing by far with him is his pocket awareness. That kid in the pocket is incredible. He has an innate response time that you can't teach. You see guys like Justin Fields, you know, maybe step into the pressure. Yeah, you can make his presence better, but it's never going to be like Zach Wilson. I've said it before. I stand by this. Maybe not throw-wise and everything, but when it comes to pocket awareness, I 100% see Russell Wilson in Zach Wilson. He has that innate ability to make split-second decisions. You mentioned the Coastal game. Again, people looking at the wrong things. People like you lost in Coastal. I'm like, guys, the Coastal game is the one that sold me. The Coastal game was the one where I was like, this is my guy. Because if you watch, he was under duress that whole game. Watch the way the tackle breaks. He has an innate split-second ability. He deciphers within microseconds of how the defense is lined up, where the blitz is, how his guys are going to match up. And he, with his throws, he throws his receivers open. He puts his balls in tight windows where they can't be picked off. There's just so, so much I love about Zach Wilson and Jimmy. You said it before. I've said it a while now. The gap between Wilson and Lawrence is so much smaller than people realize. And it's significantly larger than the gap between Wilson and everybody else. Everyone else is way down there. I've been saying that. I can't even know how long I've been saying it. I remember I was saying it back when everyone was talking about Justin Fields. Man, finally everyone's seeing it. I'm telling you, just the innate pocket awareness, the ability of this kid, the and then everything else. The unbelievable throw ability, the ability to throw across his body like we saw today in the pro day. Now you guys know, I told you guys the other day, Pro days don't mean anything. It's like the combine. You know, I'm the kind of guy where, you know, measurables aren't everything to me. And, you know, me and Kevin have talked about that. Because, you know, if you're big on intangibles and measurables, sorry, if you're big on measurables, you don't really care, you know, about, you're not going to look at a Chris Rumpf. You're going to miss out on a Kyler Murray. You're going to miss out. So when you look at, you know, what he has and talking about, you know, measurements, just on that for a sec. So many people were saying, you know, Zach Wilson's going to be small. Zach Wilson's a little guy. He's not tough enough to take hits. Guys, he put that to bed. That's the one thing, the one thing the pro day was good for today. The one thing I feel is he showed that even though he's three inches shorter than Trevor Lawrence, he weighs more. He's a bigger guy. He's a tough, solid quarterback. Hell, he weighed more than I thought he was going to. And he measured taller. Some people were like, oh, I think he's smaller than six foot. Well, that's not true. The kid does everything right. He checks every box. Again, I could talk forever on it, but he is the guy. He is unbelievable, incredible. Uh, Last thing I'll mention quick, you know, is you guys talking about Sam Darnold before and why moving on. Kevin, my boy, my boy Kevin Robin knows for a while. I was a big Sam Darnold guy. I was on that train for a long time, long time. And you know why it's understandable? You look at it, you know, from that Terrell Owens perspective, you know, that's my quarterback. You remember T.O.? That's my QB. That's my guy. So, you know, I had, you know, defense for him. But as I fell in love with Zach Wilson, I was able to step back from Sam Darnold. And I realized kind of like you guys were saying that, you know, yeah, sure. You build a solid team. You build a solid foundation. You have good coaching. He'll be good. 
but he's never going to be a great quarterback. He's never going to be a consistently top five, top 10 NFL level quarterback. And I think Zach Wilson can. I really, really do. I love this kid. Again, I've been high on him forever. But the last thing I'll say, you know, we're running out of time, so I don't want to go too much. Again, if you guys want to hear it, you know, on my Monday podcast, I literally spent 50 minutes doing nothing but talk about Zach Wilson and the things I love about him. But Kevin mentioned, you know, the, the San Francisco situation. I want to touch on that quick. Man, I have never been more convinced that we are getting a quarterback at number two. And it doesn't matter which way you cut it. Let's say, you know, San Francisco tried to offer Joe and tried to offer to get the second overall pick. Well, it didn't happen. Joe's not budget. And they offered him two firsts. That was a sweet deal. The Dolphins got some good, good, you know, trade in that deal. So that tells you if he's not budging, there's a reason. Now, let's say, you know, they didn't offer him anything. That's what, you know, some guys like Shepard is saying, that he went for other picks but didn't go for two. Well, why the hell would they do that? Why wouldn't they want the best pick they can get? Why would they go for four, five, and three and then say, oh, forget two? Either way, no matter how you cut it, it's either they knew that Joe Douglas wasn't budging from that pick or he turned down the offer. Either way, there's a reason for it. And that reason is Zach Wilson. All right. How tall did Wilson come in today, Harrison? How tall was he? He was 6'2", which is good. But he was 214 pounds. He weighed more than Trevor Lawrence, which blew everyone's mind. Everyone was like, he's little. He can't take a hit. Man, I watched this kid again. I deep into his footage. I watched him get checky with DBs and linebackers when they were shoving him, you know, after the play. I watched him get blown up on the sidelines when he would run. The kid's tough. I don't know where any of that crap was coming from that he wasn't tough, that he couldn't take hits. So, all right, guys, we're, we're coming up against it really quick. Uh, I'm not going to get to read the, the, the comments like originally I wanted to. We'll try to squeeze this in on the, the, the final segment of the show. Um, one of the things I did want to give a shout-out to, Scott Gillespie, Lino Cortina, Matthias Simon. Um, there was, uh, there was uh, another dude oh, yeah. in here, Florencio Rodriguez. Uh, hey. uh, Melvin Atchison. Uh, Frank Ngoglia was in the chat for, for a little while. Anybody okay. else who I did not get the opportunity to name, I know uh, Rockway Archie was in there for a little bit. Claudio Paolo from Gotham City Crew was in there. Nice. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for chiming nice. in. Um, we appreciate you we, guys. We, we appreciate all the support that you guys give us. All right, so now we're coming up against it on our next commercial break when we get back. All right, we have our last word segment. But before that, we're actually going to play a little bit of game. And we are all going to take our turn playing Joe Douglas. And what are we and who are we going to trade Sam Darnold for? And we're going to talk about that right after we get back from these commercial messages. You are listening and watching Weapons Hot on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. All right, guys, welcome back to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. CJ the Painkiller D. Simone here, you guys there. Kevin Jackson and Jimmy the Reaper Jardine joining us here, along with rookie test pilot Harrison the Fireball Glazer. Special guest tonight, Mr. Kevin Robbins from the Live Round Podcast. And now, as I teased before on the other side of the break, Everyone here is going to get an opportunity, a short opportunity, as we're starting to come up against it a little bit here toward toward the end of the show. Uh, Also got an awesome tease for you guys at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Okay, baby. So, uh, 
Harrison, I'm going to kick this over to you because you actually proposed this uh, a little bit after I made tonight's agenda. So, and I kind of thought that it would be a good idea. So I also posed the question in the chat. So I want you to kick it off. I want to read some of the comments and then we'll go around the room. Fire it off. Sam Darnold, guys. It's an interesting situation because statistically, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. But we talk about, you know, the potential of him, the bad coaching, a lot of ways you can spin it. You know, some people like Schefter were saying he can get a first-round pick. Then we had, you know, some guys saying that half the NFL thinks he sucks and wouldn't give away their left shoe for him. (laughs) So I think what's going to come down to it somewhere in the middle right now. Teams are offering maybe like a third, a fourth, a fifth. So what I think Joe's doing, Joe's the smart guy. Joe's saying, okay. Let's look at this draft class. Off the board, Trevor goes first. Zach goes second. Now probably Fields or something goes third. Once you knock down to Jones, Trask, and even when you get below those guys, or just Jones and Trask in general, Sam Darnold looks pretty damn attractive. Sam Darnold's attractive to a team that needs a quarterback that missed out. So that's what I think Joe's doing. Joe's waiting until draft day. He's waiting for a team to go, oh, man, I missed out on getting that quarterback. And they're going to turn around and offer a higher pick for Sam Darnold. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. So really quick here, I want to go through the comments. And again, I want to thank everyone chiming in. Uh, I actually posed the first question to uh, one of our loyal listeners, Mr. Lowell Litchmore. And Lowell, I promise you, we are going to get you on a future show. It's non-negotiable. Don't run and hide. You're coming on the show one of these days, all right? But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. All right, so he, he started off with, I trade Sam for some spare pocket change. Uh, with, with, there's, a, there's a few other more, a few other nice ones to come. Uh, Rockaway Archie chimes in. Sam in number 23 to Denver for their number nine. And Hope Pitts is still there waiting for us after we take Trevor. Okay. Uh, Lowell Lit- uh, uh, Lino Cortina, shout out to him. He says, I trade him for a 79 Gremlin front wheel drive. <laughs> okay. It's hard to find those, though. Right. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, <laughs> Matthias Simon, shout out to him. They'll get a second round pick. Okay, um, <laughs> Lowell Litchmore chimed back in. That gremlin is more durable than Sam. So Lino, said, <laughs> Lino chimed in. I try to trade Sam to whoever still wants him for at least a second and a fourth. That's actually the vein that I'm going through. But when it gets to my turn, I'll, I'll give you my spot. Shout out to J.R. Ryans. Um, uh, watcher of the show, uh, finally chiming into the comments. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you again for your support. Jets are a laughing stock, but soon to change with the with the arm muscle uh, icon. Damn straight, brother. Um, Lowell Litchmore t- uh, uh, chimed back in. A kicker. I asked him for what team. He still hasn't uh, <laughs> still hasn't gotten back to me as to what team. Yeah, uh, Boreagas, man, from Miami. We need to kick us still. So, <laughs> um, t- 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 uh, Melvin Atchison uh, ha- had had replied. J.R. Ryan's had said. Uh, I have two Sammy Jervies. What should I do with them? Uh, uh, Melvin Atchison uh, chimed in, make a blanket. It's actually not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> Florencio Rodriguez chimes in, said Sam Darnold, and three second rounders. We suck at drafting second round to Washington for their first this year, which I think is the 17th. Gives us three first round picks, hashtag wishful thinking. It's actually not a bad, that's, that, that's kind of not a bad idea. Yeah, There's only 32 teams. He finished 34th out of 32 teams. 
outdated idea to say we don't draft well in the second round, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, it's, well the, what, what, wait a second, wait a second, that's changed. That's changed with that's changed with Marcus May, and that's changing with Denzel Mims. Okay, remember, no more Jay Samaro, no more Christian Hackenberg, no more people that we're reaching on. No more Devin Smith. Right. You know, you, 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 y'all know I've been saying the same thing for for weeks now. I really and and I, Jimmy, we, we we talked about this like kind of in depth a few different times. We're really not as far off as people think. People seem to think that we are. Absolutely you know? not. And 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 the fact of the matter is, is that until we actually see what how how this shakes out with the draft uh, coming up in this this next uh, draft, um, I I think everybody that has a has a negative opinion of this team is probably just you know like like CJ says all the time. You got the PTSD and you kind of right. can't get past it. Um, we we are, we're looking right. It's the truth. We're looking at a completely different situation unfold. So yeah, I'm, it's good to have questions. I'm just I can't I can't vibe with the doom and gloom here. I just can't do it. So all right, so let's uh, let's go around the room. Kevin Robbins, I'm going to kick it off to you. Um, you are Mr. Joe Douglas now. Who? Are you, what team are you trading Sam for, and what are you asking for in return? Yeah, I can tell you, I'm starting the calls off with the Steelers and Saints at 28 and 29. Um, you know, you might as well kick the tires and see if you can get a late one for them. I don't think it's realistic, but you still make the call and you still see how interested they are. You know, even if you got to throw in one of the extra third round picks, so it's Sam and the third to get one of those late ones, it would be worth it. Um, and you know, a big reason for that is obviously I see offensive guard center cornerback after we pick whatever we do it to hopefully Wilson. Um, as big needs. And if you had two late ones and still your high second, you can literally plug and play players at that level. Um, more realistically, I think you start looking at teams like Carolina and Denver. So at number 40, number 41, high second round, that's where I think I would pull the trigger just because I don't think I'm getting that late one. I pick up the early two um, from one of those teams who aren't able to get their quarterback, just like you said. Um, you know, they're probably targeting the Mac Jones and Fields and pull that trigger ideally before the draft. So they go into the draft knowing that they have Sam Darnold, probably either the number 40 or 41 pick. All right. Spotty, you're up. Talk to me. You know, I'm going to keep it real. Um, anybody at all that wants Sam right now can have him. Just <laughs> point blank period. Look, I, 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 but but, but, but I, I, I say this just because realistically – I don't think that we can draft in quarterback and still have Sam coexist on the, on the roster at the same time. So, you know, there are going to be quarterback needy teams, but there are also going to be teams who may have an aging quarterback that will qualify that Sam can go someplace and sit and learn. Um, Every, I think everyone on the panel here has said at some point in time that, you know, we kind of like Sam a little bit to a certain extent and, and that Sam has the ability to turn it around and be a good quarterback. The fact of the matter is, is that, I heard also in in some other in some other uh, you know kind of forums that people don't think that Sam needs to be fixed, and I think that that is a that's a ridiculous assertion. Sam needs uh, Sam needs to get patched up like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. stop Todd Todd yeah Todd look Todd who I, I was trying to, I was trying to glance through it I was trying to glance through it quick because I didn't want to pay it. I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to give it to oh right? there is uh, there is going to be a huge rant on uh, on after dark yeah. tune in. No, we can do, we can, we can do that because then it, 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 red. yeah, it'll give, it'll give me the opportunity to, to, to cuss at somebody, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just keep it real. That, that, that's a ridiculous assertion. Sam Darnold right now for his own good needs to go someplace where he can sit behind someone and actually, you know, kind of shake off the 
confident 100%. to do whatever he needs to do to get himself together. I do believe he has the ability to be a decent quarterback. He just he's going to have to overcome himself right now. And until he actually has an opportunity to sit back and kind of watch it happen, I really I, it, it's it's almost like we see some of these coaches that get fired and jump immediately into another situation and think that something's going to change. Sam doesn't have that ability. He's going to have to he's going to have to go someplace and sit. And uh, I, I was saying to to Kev's point because he said the Steelers, and then it just you know it dawned on me Haskins is not a lot to be anything at this point in time. Just just to be perfectly honest with you, and I thought that the Steelers would be a better opportunity for Sam than it might actually be for Haskins. Um, but, you know, again, we have to see what happens with that. Uh, Big Ben, I think, would have been the, the, the best possible mentor uh, to, to, for Sam to sit back behind because uh, Ben actually has a team around him that will allow him, that allows him to kind of do other things and improvise. And some of the things that I think Sam would want to be good at and Sam has the ability to be good at, he could actually see it happen um, and, and maybe even outperform Ben in, in certain respects at this, at this point in time in his career. So, um, look. If Sam Darnold gets back a second round pick, hallelujah. That's just, crazy. Just real talk. Yeah. If, if he gets a second round pick for real, hallelujah. But just because the way that I'm looking at it, um, you know, I know we don't want to cut him, right? But uh, being able to say that we're going to garner anything specific for him when teams are going to know that it, it, it doesn't really benefit us to have him on the roster, especially if we draft a quarterback. And 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 if if, if I'm just if I'm just going to be realistic about it, because I don't want to just completely remove from the table, if the Deshaun Watson thing kind of shakes out the way that I think maybe some of us think that it may. Um, yeah, the PR is difficult to overcome, but um, the PR goes away when you're when you're five and one and you're six and one and you're winning games. And uh, he hasn't actually been convicted of anything. So um, I, I'm not, we'll talk about that also on After Dark. But Sam Donald right now, Sam Donald is most definitely damaged goods. And, and, and you know how that works in, in a story. You all, you're always going to, they're always going to give you a discount to take damaged goods. Right. Right. That, that, that's kind of what it is that we're, we're working with right now. So it's like big daddy where you grab the soup can and you right, throw it on the right, ground. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. And look, you, you get, you get that one cheap. Right? That's a 35 cent can now all of a sudden. Um, but go, go to Ali's, the discount store where it's just overstock. There's a whole bunch of, you know, stuff in there. You just get it extra cheap. That's kind of how it is that I see Sam Donald. It's, it's still quality stuff. But it's got some, you know, got some defects and some things that you kind of have to overlook in order in order to be comfortable with it. So, look, I don't have a team right now, to be honest with you, because some of the teams that I thought would actually, you know, kind of fit for them, I'm still not even sure if anybody's going to want to take it. I think that we've severely overplayed this, and Sam just isn't as appealing um, as we would hope that he would. And I know we tried to play him up because we were hoping somebody might actually reach for him. But uh, at, the, at this point in time, I'm thinking if anybody does reach for him, that's probably a poorly run organization and we'll, you know, we'll, we see how that works. Anyways. Um, I like Sam. I really did. I like Sam as a kid. I like what it is that he brings to the table as far as his conference press conferences and, and, you know, his own accountability to, to him playing poorly, um, you know, kind of stood. But uh, the fact of the matter is he spent quite a bit of time um, accepting accountability for playing poorly. Reaper, you're up. Talk to me. All right, man. If I'm Joe Douglas, I think uh, after today, I, I think a, a first is off the table. I hate to say it. I've been a big proponent of Sam getting a garnering a number one is still a possibility. Um, so I, obviously, like Kevin said, Kevin Robbins said, <laughs> I'm going to make the calls. I'm going to make the calls to to uh, the Steelers. I'm going to make the calls to the Saints. I'm going to make the calls to the Washington football team. 
Um, if I don't see that working out, I'm making my phone call to Carolina. You get Sam for uh, your 39th pick and your 113th pick. So a two and a four. I think that is that is right there. That that gives Carolina a project to work on at quarterback, wherever they decide they want. I think Robbie Anderson would be a big proponent and a big advocate for that trade. Um, so that, that could work. Uh, but I think that that would be kind of the best that, that we could ask for. Uh, it also leaves us pick 23 to get our interior offensive line. Pick 23 and 34, okay, guys? That's, that's what I'm saying is interior offensive line picks, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I'm calling Carolina. I'm getting 39 and 113. Just letting you know, Robbie Anderson isn't a New York Jet because of Sam Darnold. So he does not want him here. <laughs> he, you think he became this? an elite player <clears throat> as soon as he got away from him. and Jet Away from him and the coaching Robbie. staff. Robbie wasn't the problem. Yeah, look. Robbie wasn't the problem. Robbie was a problem, not the problem. But there are good points to be made on both sides of that argument. I'll just keep it real. (laughs) All right. So let me chime in here really quick over here because we are we are we are coming up against it. Okay. So we're we're at the ten minute mark. We got we we still we we still got a little bit to cover. So really quick, I'm gonna throw my two cents in here, and it's uh, and this is it. Basically, the bottom line is is that anybody who's calling for Sam, I'm going to listen to what they're going to offer. My asking price, I'm going to tell you something right now, is probably going to be an early second and maybe a fifth rounder or whatever to, to sweeten the deal. I think that I, I do agree that a first may, in fact, be out of the question because I think that we waited too long for it. But you know what? Those teams that you guys mentioned, Pittsburgh, Carolina is still looking for a quarterback. Washington doesn't know what the hell they're going over there because – you know what? You're looking at a depth chart right now of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke. They need another body in there. Okay, so uh, that's where I think the the vein is starting to heat up over there. And a lot of places over there, the, the people are still not mentioning. Plus Seattle. Seattle has had a lot of nice things to say about uh, about Sam Darnold. Okay, Seattle. Sam Darnold. Give us your second round pick. That's Come cool. on, bring it on. Okay, so Pete Carroll likes Sam Darnold. Go right ahead. Come uh, come and take him. Okay, I'm definitely of the yoke that he needs to sit behind a veteran or somebody who is established so that way he can learn the NFL game to get himself straightened out. Because look, as long as there's a call, as long as there's an offensive coordinator out there or a quarterbacks coach who thinks that they can fix Sam Darnold, somebody's going to make a call and somebody's going to offer you something for this kid. The only thing, and I like this kid. I like this kid a lot. I wanted him to be successful here. I spent an entire offseason, last season, defending this kid from everybody who wanted him gone then. All right? But you know what? It didn't work out. Part of it was Gase's fault. Part of it was his fault. Part of it was the offense. Part of it was the offensive line. Pick your poison of who you want to blame. The entire organization was at fault here. They failed this kid, and the kid failed himself. Plain and yep. simple, because sooner or later, it doesn't matter if you got Mr. Magoo in the friggin' headset. you got to figure out how to learn to, ru- to, to read defenses. Okay? End yep. of story. So if there's an idiot out there who thinks that they can fix this kid, and they're, they're willing to part with a second rounder with it, go ahead. I'll help the kid pack. Yeah. If I may just... Done! Quick, I just... Yeah. If I may just quick. I don't want to shortchange, you know, 
people freaking out on draft day because, you know, that's what happens. Teams reach for quarterbacks, freak out because they don't get the guy they want. Look at the way this board is shaking out right now. One, two, three, four. We got quarterbacks going off the board. It's going to be Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Traw, Lance, or Lance Fields. Hmm. By the time the Panthers are up, those four guys are gone. One, two, three, four is going to be quarterback. So it's very possible, not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible a team like the Panthers could freak out, realize their option is either Trask or Jones, and feel like those aren't first-round worthy guys, and potentially we trade Sam and our 23rd and maybe like a fourth no or fifth-round pick to jump into the eighth and get a top guy. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, I only make that move if a first-rounder is is included in the, in the, uh, in the conversation. So, you know, out of your top your your top 12 teams, at least 8 of them need quarterbacks. Okay? So, you know, you could you could go out there and you could make the argument where okay, well we we could package Sam in 23 and we could get another, you know, hot a high pick. So, that that might be doable, but I I don't Especially go any further than that. Go off the board, it freaks people out. If you need a quarterback and you watch four guys go, you might freak out. All right, guys. It's time for the last word. I'm telling you, I'm working on somebody getting me a soundbite for last that. Last word. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. That was it right there. <laughs> that was it right there. Guys. That's it. We're layering right now. We're layering. That was the point. All right. So, uh, K-Rob, we're going to start off with you. Circle around to the Reaper. We'll go to Jax. Fireball, you're going to finish it up, and then we'll take us home. It's rock and roll. Hey, I just want to thank you guys again for having me on the show. Um, I'd also like to send a shout out. I also do this at the end of the live rounds team. Um, There's a lot of Jets fans going through a lot of things out there. So I just want to send some heartfelt feelings out to the uh, Bruce Reader and his family. I know he's battling cancer and going through a big procedure this week. So shout out to him and his family. And also to Finnegan. I know a lot of you guys from the Facebook world know Finnegan. I know he had a big surgery this week. So I just want to step away from football for a second. A lot of us Jets fans are going through things you don't know just because we're on social media. You can't see what's impacting us behind him. So shout out to you guys and your families and everything out there. Guys, be healthy, be well. Wishing you the best through all of this. I know the pandemic is slowing down, but, um, you know, be safe out there, guys. Um, Be healthy and be thankful and just appreciate what we have. So thank you guys again for having me on the show. All right, Jimmy. Man, you're going to make me feel like a jerk for sticking with football. (laughs) (laughs) Tough act to follow. Hey, it it is. But, no, he's he's absolutely right. Much love to Bruce Reeder. Much love to Finnegan. Um, These guys guys keep these Jets groups rolling. Star Wars. Star Wars in the Jets community, man. Star Wars. Real talk. And and my thoughts, my thoughts and positive vibes head out to him. And, and to anybody that that's affecting that's affected by by all this um, to keep it to, to bring it back around to football um, I, I want to we all know what's happening it too I just wanted to put out my hot take for picks 23 and 34 and I think that o-line is absolutely vital and I think that the best o-line we've had, for decades, for probably the last half century, was when we took Mangold and Brick back to back. And 
I, I don't think that there's any way to deny that those two guys helped elevate the franchise as much as they possibly could, you know. And I think that the play is, uh, I think that the play is, I, I'm just not willing to risk Creed Humphrey. Uh, me and Harrison did a video on that for my channel. I'm taking Creed Humphrey at 23, and I'm taking Wyatt Davis at 34. And I am putting a top 10 offensive line on the field for 2021. And that is going to lead with a new quarterback in Zach Wilson. And those two guys at 23 and 34 with the free agency that we've put together and the, and the monstrous defensive front seven that we've put together. Uh, you're looking at the jets going 11 and six, making the playoffs in 2021. So there's my final word Too early prediction. Things go that way. That's where we're at, baby. Jack's fired off. Look, uh, both Kev, both Jim, I, I appreciate both of you guys input in this. I think I'm going to touch on a little bit of both of those right now because um, while I, I, I recognize that the Jets community has been suffering um, and most definitely the most heartfelt shout outs to those guys in particular, and I know I've, I've reached out to them individually. Um, I hope they're both doing well. And obviously I'm still praying for you guys. Let's just, let's not forget that. But um, if I want to kind of just throw something in, um, we have, as of right now, an opportunity to really see what it looks like to have a championship caliber, sustainable winning organization being built. That's what it is that we're, that's what it is that I feel like we're witnessing. And a lot of us, even those of us who have been fans for 40 years, it's really difficult to say that we actually watched that happen or at least we're cognizant of watching it ha happen as it was going on. This is a situation right now where I really feel like as we're watching these moves, we're going to look at them and some of them are going to be head scratchers or some of them are going to be moves. And, yeah, that made sense. And that was, you know, whatever. But the way that it, it the, the end result, right, the end result is really what it is that we're most interested in and what it is that we unfortunately need to be patient in seeing. Um, I say it all the time. Another unfortunate side effect of hunger. I, I, I'm telling you right now, Snickers might as well just hit me up because I run it every I run it around almost every show because the reality is that we listen to our fans really kind of go at at some ridiculous takes for the most part because they are so starved of seeing a winning product. We, we, you know, we, 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 we outlandish, you know, kind of conspiracy theories and ridiculous, uh, you know, kind of, oh, let's do this or let's do that or this guy or that guy. And none of it really makes any sense. And I think what it is that we're seeing right now are very intelligent football moves, period, point blank. And I know, I know it's difficult to ask for patience, but at this point in time, we really kind of need to have it. You know what I'm saying? We, we can't ask for patience because we've been starved for so long, but I just have a really, I really have a feeling we're going to eat. Jim Point, he says 11. I think we're going to be a 10-win team this season. And I think we, with the additional, you know, playoff spot, that kind of puts us in. But I honestly think that we're going to be, we're going to kick somebody's ass this, this year and people are going to have to take notice. They're going to be like, oh, huh, the Jets? Oh yeah. And I will have my jersey on, trust me. Harrison, let's talk about it. Yeah, man. Harrison, 60 seconds, go. No doubt. Yeah, we got to be quick. I feel you. So uh, just quick thing I'll say, you know, Jimmy, you must have been seeing my mock draft. You must have saw it up there because that's literally what I have, man. I've been saying for a long time, Zach at number two, after what I talked about earlier, you know, I'm convinced there's no other direction that Joe Douglas is going that was proven today. 23, 
you need a center. That center is so crucial, not just a blocker, but a quarterback on the field that possesses cerebral traits. Not all of them have it. Creed Humphrey does. Creed Humphrey at 23. You saw my mock the other day at 34. Either Wyatt Davis or Landon Dickerson. I feel like one of them should hopefully be on the board. Then after that, we take cornerbacks. I like Asante Samuel Jr. Could be Eric Stokes. After that, it could be Elijah Molden. I think that's what Joe's going to do. Fix the things that he didn't fix in free agency. Plug those holes. Get us our franchise quarterback. And take us to the next level. All right, guys. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports World Radio, and Snowman Digital Media. I'm going to wrap this up really quick. Mr. Kevin Robbins, please give out your social media information so fans of Weapon Talk can follow you. Um, we're on Facebook on, under the Live Rounds forum, so uh, come check us out Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, we have a group. Uh, you've probably seen some of them on this very Weapons Hot show. Um, Sunny Shades, uh, El Chapo, uh, Euros, and Mike Thomas will be over there. So love to see you, like I said, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Need come back, Vince Chapo, come back, dude. to come on. Try- <laughs> yeah, come back, dude. Come back, dude, really. I, I, all you guys, man, I, I love chopping up football with you guys. Usually I'm in school during the week, so I can't get off. But, uh, man, open door policy here with us. We love we love talking football with you guys, man. Thank you. All I'm right, really quick. <laughs> cookies, man. I'm going to negotiate for cookies. <laughs> Sh- shipping, shipping's expensive, but it's worth it. <laughs> All right, guys, really quick. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner's in crime. Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Don't forget to go to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Download the app. Go to the website. Go to the Facebook page. Like the page. Go to Weapons Hot. Like the Facebook page. We love going back and forth with fans all over there. Special shout-out to Staff Sergeant Joshua Moya and his wife, Megan as they are heading over to uh, uh, to Mesa on a new assignment. Josh, it was a privilege working with you. Love you, bro. Safe trip. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see on the panel, we've got Mr. Greenbean joining us, which Whoa, means it's going to be time for Weapons Hot After Dark on the YouTube channel. Go to what? YouTube. Get ready for the live feed as that's going <laughs> to come up. We say goodbye, and as we do that, we leave you with the best chant in the National Football League still. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.